0: everybody and welcome to episode 5 of 40 going on 14 we are looking over saturday night live this week checking over some of the saturday night lives from the 1980s and then going back through and looking at the ones in 2010 i am mike and the rest of the crew is here uh i'm joel, joel.
1: i'm patrick and i'm josh and live from chicago it's Saturday, wait, it's not Saturday and we're not live.
0: It's, we're not live and Patrick's in Texas. It's
2: Thursday evening!
0: Yay! Yay! So. So. <laughs> nice yeah. timing. Yeah, that's the, uh, well, let's see. What? How do we, how do we want to do this? We're going to start with the 80s or we're going to just shout out the shows that we watch? Yeah, let's, let's start with the 1980s.
1: Because uh, I, I don't know how f- uh, far into the beginning, like how close to 1979 you guys started. but I did watch a couple of the real early ones. And those early shows like 81 to 85 are widely considered the worst in the show's history because Lauren Michaels had just left and uh, most of the cast just didn't go anywhere.
3: That's that yeah. entirely um, true. yeah they were they were very, very awful. There were a lot of forgettable people in the early 80s. I don't even know who they were. Yeah, but nobody does. They were just lost in time.
0: Well, I did watch, let's see, I was looking at the Jamie Lee Curtis episode that you had watched, Patrick. Going through it, Charles Rocket was the guy that they had doing the um, Weekend Report.
3: Yeah, Weekend Update, yeah.
0: Yeah, and Weekend Update, and never have heard of him
3: before. Uh, He he pretty much lives on um, as a... As a trivia answer, which is the first person ever to say fuck on live television.
1: Right. He was supposed to be the breakout star, and he got fired for uh, for dropping an f bomb. Yep.
2: Yeah, but he still plays wow. smarmy a holes on television every once in yeah, a
3: while. Yeah, he does. He's got he's got plenty of bit role b movie actor. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he does a lot of video game voices too. So you know, he's at least getting something, I guess.
3: Which is a lot more than you can say for some of the other ones that are just you know not even known anymore.
2: Like Anne Canfield, boy, she just <laughs> went <prevalent> anywhere. <laughs> Sorry, Pat.
3: We're we're gonna have to like we're gonna have to do one blog of just nothing but like a glossary of our inside jokes.
1: (laughs) I think that when a lot of people think of early SNL, they're thinking of like uh, Jim Belushi and Gilda Radner, and uh, not realizing that those that classic not ready for primetime players was actually the late Mm -hmm. seventies.
2: Very correct. Yeah, I was sadly disappointed when I started the first episode that was in the Netflix on demand for the eighties. Thinking I was going to be seeing the, 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 Eddie Murphy and, and I thought, you know, I always think Eddie Murphy would Joe piscopo and then include those other guys in it for some reason, even though they were different
3: eras. Like but, Dana Carvey and stuff?
2: Yeah, no, not Dana Carvey. Fucking Uh, not that far. Up, no. But I, yeah, I was really sadly disappointed, disappointed when all these people were just there and it was like, what the heck did I get myself into? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that strangely enough that was the same thought that i had when i started watching them it, when you were right when that that stretch of the 80s was just the worst of Night. And, and i think it was patrick who had sent me a message saying that was actually when um what's his name was not yeah. involved
3: yeah like, like josh said uh, earlier lauren, yeah lauren michaels was gone for about four years
0: probably. and there were a lot of i i couldn't get through one full episode uh, yeah. Of oh, the ones that were on Netflix. I
2: watched about three three skits per episode, and uh, when when Joe Piscopo, Gilbert Gottfried, and Charles Rocket are your three stars,
3: and, and I found it very funny that you know Gilbert Gottfried had a you know emotionally normal voice. He hadn't really that quite was really difficult to thing. listen to. Yeah, like, fu- funny enough, we're so used to his nasally voice that his regular voice sounded just really offputting.
0: Yeah, it really did.
1: I uh ended up watching all of the uh i want to say i watched seven or eight episodes uh beginning to end but i, I noticed especially in the 1980s that i wasn't laughing very much
3: no yeah that that is a common theme yeah. no
2: one laughed in the 80s
3: i mean i, I watched right, so, like you know the mr you know my, my my here's my wrestling plug i watched the mr t and hulk hogan episode you know right <laughs> of you the do. night before they did wrestlemania i mean they, they were doing saturday night live and then sunday they're doing the wrestlemania you know and, and it was so funny just how you know It was, it was funny how non-funny it was. (laughs) It was funny, but not really. Yeah, it was funny in a completely unintentional manner.
0: Going back. Completely a sad way.
2: Yes. It was, it was very depressing. And anyway, the Gilbert Godfrey, you know, it was funny because in the second episode I watched, the Malcolm McDowell episode, um, there was a bit on the tobacco growers of America. And I actually found myself thinking, well, this is kind of clever. It's kind of funny. And Gilbert Godfrey at the beginning starts out doing his normal, you know, hello, I'm Gilbert Godfrey, you know, whatever voice. I almost was English here. And then <laughs> by the end of it, he has morphed into the Gilbert Godfrey we know now, minus a little bit of the rasp. So apparently it grew out of that. And that must have been his regular comedy bit at the time or something. It's like Bobcat Goldthwaite or, you know, any of those other guys that do their bits.
3: Right on you know, stage. See both in the early footage when he's not, you know, all stammering and screaming.
2: And well, even now, yeah. I mean, he's he's a reputable director, and when you know he's talking normal, he talks normal. But he can throw into that character anytime he wants.
0: Did did everybody watch? Let's say in the early '80s shows, let's say pre 1980. What shows did everybody watch?
1: Uh, I checked out John Candy. Uh, he was he was okay. the host. I watched that all right. Pilot. I got,
2: see. I got the, the what the pilot? Which one was that? Yeah.
3: So uh, George Carlin hosted it, um, and they really—it was, it was just very interesting to watch it because they really weren't sure what they were doing yet. It was—it was like you know oh. too many musical acts, and you know they had actual stand-up comedians coming on. You know, I mean more than one. You know, the most they ever had after that was one.
2: You were back in like the seventies.
3: No, yeah, no, we were, we're just talking about yeah, you know, you know, what we've seen. Yeah, I mean I oh. watched that one. We were just talking about what we watched before our fourteen. Oh, okay. Oh, I was, okay. I watched that just as a research kind of thing, just to watch it.
0: Yeah. yeah, I watched it just because I was curious to see how it was. And again, it was one of those where I, I watched it and I was like, I wasn't laughing even though I know it was supposed to have been funny. <laughs>
1: right. It's like uh the Aqua Teen Hunger Force when Meat was like, I get it. I'm not laughing, but I get but it. But I get it. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: yeah, pretty much.
2: Well, it reminded me of like a, a, like a low-rent talent show in college, you know, where... The people that are doing it think they're funny, but then when the jokes get out there, again, it's like you just said. I get it; it's not funny, but I get it. You know,
3: and and, and they had too many like one-dimensional characters that were just basically were just nothing but a funny accent. Sure. And
1: there's like
3: there, there's no comedy to it. It's just somebody talking funny,
1: or they'll pick a, a catchphrase, and this is something you'll see even into the late '80s. It's like you get a couple of characters, and all they do is they find their catchphrase. And they find a way to insert their catchphrase or their shtick, and they'll repeat the non-joke for a good five minutes. Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, that's how I Wait make a it. living. Well, we got we got I
3: I think honestly, my my theory on that is the, the the problem with the with the '80s cast, honestly, is because the '70s cast came out. And they did all this amazing stuff. and It was so funny and so good. And they all became celebrities and stars. And then they all left and they brought in all these new people. And they just assumed the same thing was going to happen to them. Oh, we're all going to become stars. I better get my my characters ready, my whatever ready. And, and all they did, instead of just trying to do improv and trying to be funny, they were trying so hard to become stars that they just sucked.
1: Yeah, and pretty much that worked for Eddie Murphy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, to the, to the to point sh-
1: where uh, they even like started making fun of how much bigger Eddie Murphy was than the rest of the show.
3: Yeah, I do. I do remember that. Yeah.
0: What were you? What's that, Mike? What's that? Oh, I thought you were. No, one, one of the things. One of the things I think that made the 1980s not so not funny to us is context. Is the I watched the one with um John Lithgow. I'm a huge John Lithgow fan. I think the guy's hilarious. I watched that. One so too, I. Yeah, with the and it took me a moment in the opening scene where they had the two uh, Marines that had brought the Russian ki- Russian girls up to the office to try and score with them. I'm sitting there looking at that like, why would this be funny? And then I finally realized that was the week that the um, Sex for Secrets scandal broke out.
4: Oh, but
0: sure. See, so I mean, that would have been funny in context of what had happened in the news the previous week.
3: Okay, but and they, I think and what. I was gonna say, right. in, that, in that Lithgow episode, what would not have been funny, no matter what, is just that, that episode, you know, that skit where he's down in the basement working on whatever and the daughter comes up and all he keeps doing is spouting cliches at her. It was funny for a little bit, but it, you know, it, it dragged on way too long.
0: Yeah, that's another thing that I noticed about the skits, is that they tend to go, um, unlike Monty Python, who knew when a skit was over, they just stopped it. Right. I mean, they just ended it, broke into something else, and, you know, Either it had the Hail to, you know, um, not Hail to the Queen, uh, the, you know, they, the Queen would enter or something would happen and they would end the skit without, would, without, would without an ending. Or whatever. Exactly. I mean, that Where that would, they knew, okay,
3: I'm this sorry, isn't I'm, funny I'm, I'm anymore. Reading, yeah. I'm, I'm reading a book all about Saturday Night Live right now. <sighs> um, coincidentally, I, I was reading it before we decided on this topic. And one of the things that they're talking about is a lot of the writers talk about how they just, you know, they never know how to end the skit. And that's and like pretty much never more apparent than the, during the early 80s.
4: Oh, God, yeah. Most
3: of the- just, Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say they would just let them go on and on because, you know, they just didn't know how to end it.
1: So. You could tell that many of the funniest bits were when someone went off script and no one was ready for it. Uh, Eddie Murphy uh, s- uh, slipped in a couple of fat jokes at John Candy that obviously were not done in rehearsal, and they were the funniest bits of that particular episode.
2: Well, you talk about content there's an episode on the malcolm mcdowell one or a bit where it's it's called surf city and it's set in the medieval times and malcolm mcdowell is there with i believe it's charles rocket and they bring in a couple of surfs they put them on the ground they stand on them and then they proceed to uh, talk about the actual surfing but in regards to standing on top of a, a surf and it just There was no context needed. It was just dumb. It was like it was like something I would have written in like grade school and thought was hilarious. So I don't know. Context is part of it, yes, but part of it was just bad writing.
3: That that is something else. Comedy based on homophones. Woohoo!
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's something else that I I also had noticed between um the most current ones and the early eighties is one they had better writers. Sure. I mean, by far, they've got better writers now. That's just, you know, I don't want to jump into the to the uh, teens just yet. But back then, like you were saying, Joel, that they, it seemed like the skits would go on, and they were looking to be waiting to have somebody say, all right, you're done. In the meantime, the people that would, should be saying, all right, you're done, are going, all right, when are they going to finish this up? And you're winding up with a skit that goes on for another minute longer than needs to be and just keeps getting unfunny. I mean, I noticed that a lot in the earlier ones, um, uh, the opening scene, I watched a Tim Curry one, and there's one where uh, it's Tim Curry and Eddie Murphy that are doing the opening sequence where Tim Curry actually smears white shoe polish all over Eddie Murphy's face, and Eddie Murphy starts talking in this white, you know, I'm a, his white man voice. Okay. Right. And it, it just, at one point or another, you could tell that both of them were done with it. You know, it's like when the, when the when the artists themselves, when the comedians themselves are like, all right, we can't make this funny anymore. <laughs> and plus the fact that I think that the um, shoe polish they rubbed on Eddie Murphy's face was burning his eyes because <laughs> he couldn't keep his eyes open. Jeez. <laughs> oh,
2: that's <laughs> he's that's just good like, comedy. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's just like, he's the whole time he's just blinking, like trying to blink this because Curry like rubbed it right under his eyes. And shoe polish itself isn't exactly a fun thing to have in your face. Well, right. you know, I don't have all the social connections or that you do vibe. apparently. By the way, what? (laughs) Well, nothing, nothing. I wasn't, I wasn't judging you at all.
2: You know what's ironic though is that everybody complains about how bad Saturday Night Live got in the nineties. And they talk about how it just, it was not like it was back in the, in the eighties or the seventies. And uh, you look at the writers they had in the nineties, like, uh, you know, Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel and, you know, a lot of people that are just amazing comedians in their own right, let alone, you know, writing for a show like that. The the 90s makes that 80s period look like uh, just sheer brilliance, and and it is. It's 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 funny. It spawned a lot of good stuff, but I think it gets pooped on a lot more than the 80s does, and the 80s should get the more, most of it. Cause it so.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I know I never had a huge problem with the 90s, probably because I remember what it was like in the 80s.
2: But everybody complains about it, right? I mean,
3: yeah, yeah. Like- the 90s definitely gets a lot more vitriol, definitely.
2: Okay, so
1: bright spots from the early '80s, so we can move on to the mid to
3: late.
1: Early '80s. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but it goes silent.
3: Um, there was an there. Okay, the, I watched the Jay Leno episode uh, from 1985, and I, I of the 21 minutes that's available on Netflix, I watched. Uh, or I, I laughed probably twice. I think, you know, and one of them was at Damon Wayans when he was uh, doing a bit on Weekend Update, you know, and it was actually just funny how, how pressured it was, you know, uh, as far as telling, you know, I mean, he's just talking about, you know, the Middle East and, and everything, and, and it's basically, it it's it something could have been lifted and put into a, a, a monologue now. It was just really funny to me.
1: Probably the best thing I saw in those early episodes was a short film called Dog Baseball. What? Yeah. If It was on the Rosanna Arquette episode, uh, and it was basically about this guy who <laughs> plays baseball with dogs. Like, the dogs are the other players.
4: Oh. And the guy's
1: talking really slowly and about all the dogs. I like dogs. This is a good dog. Bad dog. Don't chew the mitts. And it's just this very deliberate pace. Uh, about how he, how seriously he takes his love of dogs and his ability to play baseball with dogs, even though he always <laughs> wins. <laughs> well, I would hope so. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend, uh, since it sounds like I'm the only one that caught that particular episode, that bit is worth checking out on YouTube or on, uh, Netflix. The dog baseball, because it was actually laugh
3: out loud funny. Do you remember what scene that wa- or season that was?
1: Uh, our cat would have been, uh, let's see. 1986. All right. So it would have been right after the return of Lauren Michaels.
3: Yeah. Okay. Oh, there it is—the third, yeah, you know, the third one. Because I watched from that season. I watched the Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, Martin Short one because I couldn't resist that.
0: They were on all together.
3: See? Yeah, they were. They were promoting uh, yeah. Three Amigos. Oh. And Eric no. Idle actually made a cameo in it too. So.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Was it any good
3: though? It was it was not bad actually. Um it had a big church lady segment which I never found her funny. I never found that character funny at all. And I love Dana Carvey, but that just was never funny to me. But it's uh, importantly, this one had the Steve Martin's holiday wish. You guys remember that skit? No. Where he was sitting in a chair discussing what he would you know if I could have anything for Christmas this year these would be my wishes and he starts listing off different random weird things and and it starts off, of course, his first wish is, you know, you know, general world peace and all the children of the world would unite and hug and blah, blah, blah. And by the end of it, he's scrapped that wish, gone on to like, you know, have, wanting to have threesomes with, the, you know, hot bitches and stuff. Just really funny. <laughs> you know, delivered by Steve Martin. So yeah, it was just really sure. funny. Sure.
2: Yeah. You know, the only reason you don't like the church, Lady Patrick. <laughs> Satan. <laughs> so
3: yep. That laughed. was the
4: joke. Yeah, that's yeah, there we really go.
3: Is. That was and, the entire and the, joke. And the and, dance. and the and there's twelve episodes of Saturday Night Live Church lady wrapped up for you.
0: Well, and the other thing about the uh, Netflix streams that we got, they took out a lot of stuff and yeah, put it did. into the what I call the good packages, <laughs> like the Eddie Murphy only stuff, the only Steve Martin stuff.
3: Yeah. Um. The best ofs. Like
0: right. Yeah. yeah, the best ofs. Now one of my favorites. Uh, sketches from Saturday Night Live is, or the Steve Martin ones, is the, uh, absent minded waiter.
3: Yes. But yeah, actually, good. actually, I gotta correct, the 70s. that was, that was, um, I don't think that was Saturday Night Live, I think that was debuted no? on, a, on a show called The New Show. That lasted for a couple seasons. Then oh done. my
0: god, the new show! I remember yeah, that.
3: That's what Absent-Minded Waiter was from.
0: That was that had the um the frightened family on yes, there also.
1: Yes. Okay, frightened. so the best <laughs> moment of mid eighties
3: SNL was not actually <laughs> <Yeah>. on SNL. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was. It was on a show that only lasted a couple. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and this, that was this that one was the I remember same, watching that. The same show where he did the uh, the Billie Jean parody. That's right. Yep, that was the new show. I want to.
0: I'm well, let's see if that's streaming. Mike I'm going to go watch that now see you guys later.
3: All right, so we've kind of crossed
1: over into the Dana Carvey, Mike Myers, Kevin Nealon, Phil Hartman, John Lovitz,
0: and Dennis Miller era. Yes. Well, it's not streaming. I just looked it up and I got the Patty Duke show still rocking in Brooklyn Heights.
3: Close enough.
2: You know, a hot dog All makes right. her lose control. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically enough. Anyway.
0: I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> don't mean <be laughs> just... Uh, late
1: 80s, Dana Carvey, Dennis Miller. I actually really like Dennis Miller's, uh, weekend update. Yeah, me too. Uh, probably my second favorite,
0: uh. Wait, who's your first?
1: Well, we'll get to that in the second s- segment. Cause, oh. it,
0: there, but here's the thing though, when he was doing the weekend updates in the early 80s, there were times where he was doing it and you can tell he hated what he was doing. Yeah. Sure. There were times where he was like, where he was looking at the stuff written on the paper, and the way he was delivering it was just like, "This is all we got. This is all we could come up with. I'm sorry,
3: yeah. it's a, there's, a there's, there's an actual weekend update in that uh, particular Chevy Chase Steve Martin Martin Short episode I watched, where for some reason they decided. Um. Oh, we're gonna you know, we're gonna be cool and nostalgic, and we're gonna throw Chevy Chase out there to to co-anchor weekend update with Dennis Miller. And you can just tell both of them just absolutely hate this idea. <laughs> they're just like, they're like, and the, and one of them I can't remember which one makes this off comment about how you know how is that for some witty banter? You know, just you just know someone told them. are like, hey, you're supposed to have some witty
0: banter. <laughs> there you go, Lauren.
3: Yep.
1: Well, and Chevy Chase, uh, according to all accounts, was the worst person to work with in the history of Saturday Night Live.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, he the and, worst. He and Bill in... Murray got into a fistfight one night when he came back. After he left Saturday Night Live and came back to host it the next season, he and Bill Murray, the the guy who replaced him, got into a fistfight. Right, like, literally two minutes before the show was supposed to start.
2: You know, I saw a news report with Bill Murray after that happened, and he's like, it's nobody you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I got that going for me. Which is nice. Yeah, yeah, Chevy Chase is not not beloved. That is for sure.
2: By anybody, apparently, he keeps messing up his shows. He's on. Look yeah. at that.
1: Well, and Still. he'll talk smack about the sh- about how bad the show he's on is and how much he personally hates it.
2: And yet, it's wow. extremely popular and making him a lot of money. And uh, Vacation Seven is in production, you know, or whatever. Right. So, oh well.
3: He but he anyway, you bite, he has a bite the hand that feeds you mentality. Sure. Uh, as, uh,
1: counterpoint to him is John Lovitz, who apparently was one of, from that era, one of the, uh, the greats in terms of everyone really liking him. Uh, one time when the show was going to get fired, Lauren Michaels made it a bit about how he was running into the burning building that was Saturday Night Live, and the only person he rescued from the fire was John Lovitz.
0: <laughs> did, did anybody else watch the, um, John Lithgow one? No. Yeah, no. I did. You did? Okay. The only time I laughed, the only time I laughed out loud was when John Lovitz and, uh, John Lithgow were doing the actor sketch. Oh, Master Thespian? Master Thespian. And where John Lovitz turns and he, he, like, he does the, oh, I've got a stain on my shirt and he flicks his own nose up. Oh, I fooled myself. Acting! <laughs> brilliant. that, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Thank uh, you. For man. some reason, for just for as stupid as that was, it was funny. I mean, it wasn't trying to focus on anything that happened that week. It wasn't trying to focus on any sort of it was
3: just topical
0: funny. subject. Exactly, they were yeah. being funny. They were being two goofy actors being funny for the sake of being funny. And I think that's why you have all these classic Saturday Night Live skits that we remember because they're separate from what's actually going on. When they try to be topical, that's when they lose being funny. Sure. Like the the beginning of that same that same that same show. Was they had the two the two Marines that had let the Russian girls into the office? That wasn't funny because first of all, I'm going, what does this have to do with anything? Because I don't recall that uh, 30 years ago that this happened. Right. That the uh, sex for sex for secret scandal happened, but the actors had no context whatsoever. Now you think about all the really famous old sketches that people remember. Mister Robinson's neighborhood. That was good. Gumby, Gumby, that was it. one of the Gumby. Um, <laughs> Buckwheat. Buckwheat. Those are got, Murphy. <laughs> yeah, they were. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Steve Martin. Two wild and crazy guys. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. You know, The cheeseburger, the, cheeseburg, the cone heads. You know, absolutely no connection to anything going on in the world right then. Jane, you ignorant yeah. slut. Exactly. <laughs> or um.
3: Uh, and, Land and, shark. And, 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 you know, one of the oh. funniest things, one of the funniest things they've ever done was, uh, Richard Pryor and Chevy Chase in the job interview.
0: Oh my and, god. And,
3: and, that has no topical, you know, reference at all.
0: Will, our friend, our, uh, communal friend Will actually texted me that and he said that is his favorite sketch off of Saturday Night Live was out yeah. of all of them.
2: You make a good and it, point. And
0: it's right. hilarious.
2: You make a very good point. Although, although, uh oh. Some of the bits in the late, or the, the early 90s with the Bill Clinton stuff, was kind of funny.
1: Well, sure. With, well, I'm, it seems like once they get into pop culture, and I think Bill Clinton kind of crosses the line between political news, topical, and pop culture because their pop culture bits were fine. Uh, Gumby's pop culture.
0: Oh yeah, Mister Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, the Mister Rums, that's pop culture too. Bill Bill Clinton crossed over after the Monica Lewinsky thing into pop culture. He became the womanizing president, and that became his trope
3: still used to this day <laughs>
0: exactly i mean how i mean there's that picture of uh bill clinton coming out from behind the curtain with his hands <laughs> out like, hey everybody and uh obama's got his hands like like holding his forehead like oh god he got in type of thing um that's why that's funny because he made that crossover from political in the politi- <laughs> political thoughts to pop culture trope I agree. well thank you
2: it's a very interesting point and i think we've also proven well josh and and pat that uh Apparently, Lauren Michaels is needed.
3: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Everybody always talks about they don't know exactly what he does, but they just know that they that they can't live without him.
1: <laughs> exactly. And he runs I mean, the show and he makes it funny.
3: Exactly. No, because... and, and he just know he just knows he knows funny. I mean, he really does. And.
2: Well, some of the movies that he let slide. Um, but you, well, he you... also
3: knows how to make money too.
2: <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You start to talk about the the later eighties episodes, and you start to talk about ones that have memorable bits and things that we still quote they were all post his return right yeah so yes um, yeah he's made some bad decisions but that's to be expected in a show that's been on the air that long
3: i I don't really i don't remember at all from my childhood any of the people being on that show that were when i was watching some of the shows from the early 80s i'm like Randy Quaid was on this show? <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. was on this show? Yes. Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall? I'm like, what? when were these people on this show? I had no idea. I don't remember that at all.
0: Well, I mean, it, it, did you see the John Goodman one?
3: No, I didn't watch that.
0: Where one. The John Goodman, he actually makes a crack about Lauren Michaels asking everybody to host this show. And he's like, eventually, he's going to ask all of you, too. So just be ready for it. You know, it's the <laughs> deal. <laughs>
2: well, but Robert Downey so, Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall were regulars for a while.
3: Yeah, yeah, they were on the cast.
2: They were cast members.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that was the cast where where they made the joke about uh, the building, the show is on fire and you can only save one, and uh, John (laughs) Lovitz is the only one who gets saved from the fire, even though Dennis Miller continued on to
2: the next season.
3: Yeah, I mean, only three people made it, actually. Yeah, they they had a great purge, you know? And for some reason, what's her face? The woman, Anna, Anna, whatever her name is.
2: Anna Gasteyer?
3: No, not Anna Gasteyer. What the hell is her name?
2: Uh, Anna Klumsky?
3: Um, not even Anna. And Margaret. Dunn. Nora Dunn,
0: yeah. And Cam, Anna, what Nora, like? whatever. And Margaret. I've played this game before. <laughs> yeah, because after The
1: Purge, you've got the cast that I was most familiar with. Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, Jan Hooks, Nora Dunn, Victoria Jackson, John Lovitz, and Dennis Miller.
0: That's the ones that I recall. Oh, under-
1: Kevin Nealon and A. Whitney Brown were in that era as well. And Al Franken joined a year later.
2: Am I the only guy that's a Kevin Nealon fan? I always liked Kevin Nealon. Okay, good.
3: I've always liked him. I liked him too. I liked him in Weeds. I will say this. He, this he's hilarious crazy. in weeds. I just now realized uh, that no wonder Mike and I are not really jiving on our John Lithgow show skits because he watched a different show than I do because he watched apparently the season 12 one and I watched the season 10 John Lithgow. So. <laughs> oh, that would, oh, that would right. explain why both of us are not chiming in when the other one is talking about what we saw on the John Lithgow episode. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So I, didn't realize. That.
0: I wish you had seen the one I did because they had a scene with Phil Hartman playing the anal retentive chef.
3: Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one before and I, I love oh. that one a lot. Yeah. I've, I've, With
0: when, one, when John Goodman comes in as a Cajun chef.
3: Oh, no, I didn't see that one. I saw a different
0: episode. Oh, it's, it's just, I mean, and that is again, one of the only ones that I laughed out loud on because it's like he's, it, if Phil Hartman is the, like it says, the anal retentive chef. He's putting all his vegetables in alphabetical order, <laughs> but then he resorts them by color. And then he reaches, you know, he's he's he has to come up and clean this clean the lens of the camera because it's got a fingerprint smudge on it.
3: Yeah, but John Goodman—he never cooks.
0: No, he never does. <laughs> he and he walks in. John Goodman walks in. The Cajun chef—he's got the towel. He's sweating like a pig, wiping himself off, and he he's trying to make uh, a fish stew. And he grabs a fish head. And he's like, uh, Phil Hartman has put like a little bag of spices tied to the fish's head, and for some reason. He, John Goodman picks up the fish and goes, you gave my fish a hat. My fish don't want no hat. And it was, I snorted. I was just one of those, like, really funny to me. And it, again, it was one of those non-topical, I mean, just two guys out there wanting to entertain. And Phil Hartman, I think was, I mean, up until the point where he got gunned down by his psychotic wife, would have gone on to make some seriously good stuff. Which yeah.
2: incidentally was not funny. No. No. And Lauren Michaels no. was not involved.
3: Phil Hartman was one of those guys kind of like, uh, Gilda Radner where she made, made themselves better by making you better, but, you know, they, they worked so hard on making the other people funny that it made them even funnier.
2: They were more like the straight man.
3: Yeah, exactly. They they were just so good at it, you know?
1: In that era, I watched a, uh, Carl Weathers episode where Phil Hartman was playing Jimmy the Greek right after the scandal where he had, uh, said some unkind racist comments. (laughs) And as as,
3: uh, as opposed to the friendly racist comment,
1: right? Uh, And he and Carl Weathers playing off each other when Jimmy the Greek's trying to earn his way back into the public eye by constantly talking about Black History Month (laughs) (laughs) and uh, how you're playing for all of us out there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Carl Weathers is a
1: very funny man.
2: I think it's it's a
1: development. Yeah,
2: it's really ironic how. uh, All, there's, all I hear is about how terrible Saturday Night Live was, in that there was a big black period where it was just awful for so long, and all the, all the shows you're talking about are during that period.
3: Well, everybody. The ones
2: that you liked.
3: Yeah, I mean, everybody just always falls into that trap of wanting to talk about how much better everything was, you know, and, and this is like the complete opposite. Everybody wants to think of it as worse than it was.
2: Well, even now people are like, you know, the newer, which we'll get to, but you know, the newer generation with the Tina Fey and the Amy Poehler and all that, they want to talk about how good that is compared to the old shows, and I'll and we'll get stickers to that. Too. But, I mean,
0: every,
4: you
2: know.
0: yeah. Well, if anything, more leniency should be given to the early '80s in that and that time because they were still trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Very
3: good And they, point. Were, and they were they were under threat of being canceled every year.
2: When was SCTV? Oh, yeah. When was that on the air? Oh jeez. Anybody? Uh, that I was, mean, that
3: was. That was around, um, in the early 80s, late 70s, too. It, it started, you know, just before Saturday Night Live, because they were talking about it in, in my book I'm reading.
2: Uh, ran between 76 and 84. I was just trying to see where it ran in, in terms of the, of Saturday yeah. Night Live.
3: Saturday Night Live started in 77, I think. So, yeah, right. Uh, Saturday Night Live, October 11th,
2: 1975. 75?
3: Oh, well, so it was before. Okay. So
2: they literally ran. Simultaneously trying to get their legs at the same time, which that's interesting, you know, and then you think about a living color made a run for it and actually did quite well, um, in the early nineties, late, late eighties, early nineties, is that right? That
3: well, would have been early nineties, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. SCT was, um, SCTV was pretty much known as, as a, as a strictly Canadian. Kind of nice. like, you know, buying yeah. Python as, you know, being English. You know? So.
0: Yeah, SCTV was very Canadian. It was pretty, they were all Canadians. It was pretty much the answer to Saturday Night Live from Canada.
2: But right? I remember watching it. I mean, and thinking it was oh, yeah. funny. Ed Grimley made a huge, I mean, he, he was over here. That was SCTV, wasn't it?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he had his own yeah. cartoon
2: show and everything.
3: Well, I mean, Lauren Michaels Counts. actually, actually started using SCTV as kind of a breeding ground for his new up and He just picked, you know, he cherry picked SCTV all the time. That's where that's where who he got uh, that's where he got Dan Aykroyd from. You
0: know, was, who was uh, what? And John Candy. Yeah. Who uh who was the Count 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 Floyd? Oh. From SCTV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it uh. Was I mean there was a lot of good stuff actually going back and forth between them because if I remember correctly there were some Saturday Night Live people that actually showed up in SCTV every now and then too. Well, Rick mm-hmm.
2: Moranis was SCTV. Yes, he
1: was. Yep. yep. Who were the Gene um, uh, uh Rick Moranis and his brother. There there's was a bit with oh.
2: them. Oh the uh Bob the, McKenzie. Uh, no, that was yeah, the, the McKenzie brothers. What was the yeah, guy's name?
3: Dave, Dave Thomas?
2: Dave Thomas. Yes. yes. Yeah. See, and I, I remember that show very fondly, and, and everybody on that show had a, has had a good career. Yeah. And they were about the same time period as the crap 80s first Saturday Night Live. <laughs> what, happened
1: what happened to Rick Moranis? I mean, I'd love uh, to Rick see. Oh, Rick Moranis. In
0: something. Rick Moranis actually dropped out of acting after his wife died of cancer. Right, to raise oh. his children. Yeah.
2: He's, uh, yeah, I think, so- r- realist real story here i believe if i i just read an article about him he just released a country album he's making music now
3: well i've really? heard what? his
1: country album and that's that's not a really new thing
2: that's
3: uh, uh,
0: a couple I've years it. ago i heard yeah. it and it's i'd never heard of that yeah uh, huh. he's got at least he's, at least he's doing something
2: yeah here it is uh gave up or let's see rare Let's see, gave a rare, rare interview uh he said he would be willing to reprise his role in ghostbusters um mm-hmm. oh, that'd be whoa. cool yeah, that would be cool. He released a comedy album in 2013 called "My Mother's Brisket" and other love songs. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean,
0: confusing but funny.
2: He's still busy. It's just you know, he had a good reason to, to check out. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Well, how about okay? Well, since we're doing what happened to, to happened to him, what about what happened to everybody else? Everybody else. I mean, what? we know we know we know what happened to Phil Hartman. Sure. Um.
2: You know what happened to John well, Candy?
0: John Candy.
2: We know what happened um, to Jim which, Belushi.
0: Know that we've made it very, very sad.
3: We, we know, know that it. Victoria Over Jackson Randy. went crazy. He yeah, has.
0: Victoria Jackson went berserk.
3: Randy Quaid too. It's, yeah. yeah. Shoot. Robert Downey Jr. is making millions.
0: He's
2: billionaire now. Yeah. He is Tony Stark.
3: <laughs> uh, what about Anthony Nora... Michael Hall? Oh,
1: yeah, sure.
2: He had a he revitalized his career briefly, and now he's doing okay. Not as good as he was, but who were you going to say, Josh?
1: I was uh, wondering if anyone's seen Nora Dunn in anything, but I don't think she's uh, she's worked in a while. I think she's
2: done... I think she pops up in the occasional Saturday Night Live movie, but there hasn't been any recent. Uh, her last film, she was on Franklin and Bash, the TV show, Neighbors. She oh, was she in
1: the, was in Pineapple Express.
2: Uh, she what? was also oh, okay. in The Guilt Trip recently with uh, yeah, and, yeah and Seth Rogen.
1: Oh, and she was in Zoolander. Oh. I forgot about that.
2: Yeah, that was Seth a while Rogen ago, did. though.
3: Yeah. Well, was she in Zoolander?
2: What was she? Like her yeah. character name?
3: Yeah, and what was her character? Uh, I don't remember that.
2: 2000. Uh, she was the British designer.
3: <laughs> awesome. Remember? Well, there you go. Yeah,
2: that character is very quotable.
3: Yeah, she, maybe she was, she must have been in, when they were trying to assassinate the Prime Minister.
1: Yeah, it looks like she was just one of a, a whole bunch of, uh, cameos.
3: Yeah.
2: There's a lot of people that Going died. So well. Yeah. That's sad.
0: Yep. A lot oh, of people, people do that. Well, Al Franken, he went on into politics. Danica Harvey made, uh, the, uh, Master of disguise, and then fell off the face of the earth. Dude, did you guys hear what? This, did, that's that's a a funny, Did you guys hear what
3: happened. happened to Dana Carvey? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, no. no he went no. in. Oh, this, this happened uh, about five years ago. He went in for a uh, um uh when when you when you get your arteries clogged and a bypass. He went in for a bypass, and they did a bypass on the wrong valve.
2: Oh jeez. what?
3: Yeah, yeah it says and he here sued, 19- sued the doctor and had to go, you know, back in and get the, the right one cleaned up and everything. Yeah.
2: Here, I'll read. This is a, a. In 1997, he underwent heart bypass surgery for blocked coronary artery, but the surgeon operated on the wrong artery. Uh, the blocked artery was deeply buried in muscle and thus hard to find. A, another artery, though not blocked, was clearly accessible, so the surgeon bypassed it. Carvey later suffering from angina pectoris sued for medical malpractice and was awarded eight million in damages. Uh, he had to undergo additional surgery to correct the problems.
3: And I think I well, think that's if more if than I, he's made in his whole career. If I, yeah, if I remember it correctly, he gave away all that money that they
2: gave yep. he Right here, and he donated all the money to charity.
3: There you go. Wow.
2: And he was an assistant on Halloween two, the original movie. What?
0: <laughs>
2: that's nuts.
0: Oh, I'm looking of, at. Uh, speaking of nuts.
2: Oh no, they just had this is spinal test. Tell here. me more. Was Michael McKeon and Harry Shearer were they on SCTV?
0: Yes, Michael McKean. I'm actually looking at him right now. He was in 29 episodes.
2: Okay. That was Harry
0: Shearer. It was in 40 episodes.
2: And Christopher Guest, I assume, then too, probably. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. He's in. Because. Uh, so I'm. Go ahead. I'm just looking at this list of everybody who's been. And oddly enough, Conan O'Brien is listed as audience member. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow.
2: Everybody knows who's a writer on The Simpsons and. Oh yeah.
3: And, and Saturday Night Live. He did, he, he, he
2: did that. Saturday Night Live too, I thought.
3: Yeah. Yep.
0: yeah, Yeah. There's Christopher Guest. Uh, A. Whitney
1: Brown, who I actually really liked his, uh, the big picture bit in the weekend updates. His like, yes. commentary. Apparently right. he was one of the original correspondents when the Daily Show, uh, started back That's in That's where I,
3: oh, that, I, it was driving me nuts. I'm like, why do I know that name? Yep. You're right. You're right about that.
1: And let's face it, The Daily Show basically is the full-length uh, weekend update.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: You know what's funny? I'm looking up the, the writers in the 1980s, and uh, I don't recognize most of the names here until 80, 81, 82, Tim Kanzarinsky, who, of course, went on to be one of the regulars on the show. Right. And then in 82, 83, Piscopo started writing along with Eddie Murphy, and that's I think when it started to kind of climb again, cause Jim Belushi then took a uh, part later on, um, that and then Billy Crystal, climb, but... Larry David, Christopher Guest, I mean, this is by 84, 85, that's when you guys are talking about Martin Schwartz started writing, yeah. Harry Shearer was writing for him.
3: Yeah, cause when Lauren Michaels came back in 85, he pretty much just overhauled the entire thing, just got rid of everybody and just rehired.
0: Well, that's some when they went New Rehired, yeah, good writers. That's yeah. what he had, what the, what he did. So,
2: exactly.
0: interesting.
1: Well, and it looks like the new show you were talking about w- was pretty much the project uh, Lorne Michaels went over to, and he looks like he grabbed a bunch of people and took them with him.
3: Oh, well, that would explain. Yeah, okay, that explains. Yeah,
1: G. E. Smith uh, went over. Just looking, it only went for
0: like half a season in 1984,
2: but yeah, and his ponytail.
0: Yeah. It doesn't have I mean it's not like it has a, hmm. a a bad um list here too. You got Buck Henry, Dave Thomas, John Candy, Jeff Goldblum, Catherine O'Hara.
1: Yeah, Al Franken was a regular performer there. Yeah. But, but uh it confused audiences and uh looks like nobody knew what to make of it, so it just kinda went away.
2: Speaking of J.E. Yeah. Smith, uh as of two thousand twelve he rep- he performed at the Republican Party, um with Mitt Romney being there, um, who performed with Roger Waters in 2012, and it says here, I didn't realize this, he was married to Gilbert
0: Radner from yep. 80 to 82.
2: Really? Yep. Yep. Huh. That's weird. So he's still That's out there crazy. making music. He's 61.
0: Well, he isn't he still in tr- I mean, how long did he, is he still directing the show, the music?
2: No, he's, I don't think he's on there
1: anymore. I'm pretty sure G.E. Smith what and the he? Saturday Night Live band is no longer a thing.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to see when they, but anyway. So I mean, the uh, 80s we'd find... He left
2: in 95. Sorry.
0: Okay. So and I, well, I was gonna say it's not too long ago, but that was over 15 <laughs> years ago.
3: It's amazing how long ago it was.
0: 15, yeah. Oh but yeah. It's almost anybody 20 else, years ago.
3: Anybody else have that problem when you hear the 90s? You always think, oh yeah, that was only 10 years ago. <laughs> sure. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. In <clears throat> kind of to bring you, bringing bring us up to the current episodes in the in the teens, I was watching Justin Timberlake episode where they have the Mother Lover video. Sure. And I think it's either in that one or the threesome song. I can't remember which one what the title of the another song is. Another
1: Lonely Island Andy Sandberg jam? Yeah,
0: another, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. another one of those. Like it comes up right after that one. And he picks up his cell phone and his cell phone is one of these big blocky chunky things. And Suzanne, my wife, is looking at it and she goes, Oh, is this is one of those eighties parodies where they're you know, they've got those big chunky cell phones. I'm like, No, that's nineties. The way they're dressed with the gold chain and the multicolored shirts and all that. Oh yeah. And it was a, it was a brief moment of recognition. I'm like, remember the cell phone that you had in the mid nineties was a shoulder bag phone oh, in ninety yep. three. Yeah. She had one in her car and it was a shoulder bag phone like they used in um, Big Lebowski. Yeah. And it was that brief moment of, Oh my God. <laughs> it's, you know, the, that far away is actually getting into what we remember of not being that long ago. Well,
2: you know what I, always makes me remember exactly where we're at is with cell phones is if you go back and watch Reservoir Dogs and you look at the phone that, that nice guy Eddie uses yeah. in that movie. <laughs> and that movie is 90, oh, yeah. 91. And I remember watching that in, with you guys in college. And that was not that long ago in my mind. But the reality is uh, it's a long time ago.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So if yeah, you ever want to point a
0: reference. Yeah, seriously, Tech is always a good reference in sketch comedy or movies or whatever. But So do you guys want to step up into the uh Yeah,
1: why don't 2000s? we uh, cut to the break, uh, play a little bit of music, and then come on back and uh,
0: talk about uh, 2010s. Awesome. Well, coming up is some music from a band and song that I will choose later. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Saturday night. Hey guys, we are back. We are talking about Saturday Night Live. We've gone over some of the details and some of the shows and some of the sketches of the 1980s that we enjoyed and others that we thought were horrible and some that we wondered why they did. And now we're stepping up into the teens, to the ones that are done in the most recent time. So, Joel, Josh, Pat, what do you think? The Any difference between then and now? Oh, now it's funny.
1: <laughs> I mean, that was the biggest <laughs> difference for me. I found myself laughing out loud quite a
3: bit more. and all, not, not to mention just better production value. I mean, oh, sure.
0: It, yeah. Oh, completely. Well, they've got more. I mean, after 700 and some episodes, they've got plenty of income from this because now they're a staple for saturday night
2: exactly let me just throw in here that the head writer as a well through the period we're talking about has been seth myers who is a face on the show as well um but you know you've got andy samberg will fort forte is that how you say his name i I never get that right um seth myers of course lauren michaels is actually writing um during this period that we're watching um and uh so i mean you've already got a, a nice pedigree right there with just that alone so but what, what for me i wonder does it we talk about context is it funny because it's more relatable because of the context
1: i think in general I, a lot of the stuff even if it's not pop culture reference uh just the character bits are funnier that's just my perspective on it
3: i mean i found
2: I, myself laughing more personally
3: yeah, I mean, I'm definitely laughing more, but they, they, there's no doubt that they still have their moments where it's just not good, not funny, whatever, you know. So it's just not as consistent, you know, not as consistently bad. I mean,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> that, I'll definitely. Agree. Okay, so going around the table, Josh, which episodes of the teens did you watch?
1: Well, I knew you were going to ask that. And I'm totally unprepared for this question. Awesome. We'll come back, to
0: Joel.
2: Uh, <laughs> I saw the Amy Poehler episode. Which, uh, just note to everybody, I don't like. Amy Poehler, uh, that Brian Cranston. (gasps) I don't, sorry. Uh, those are the only two I was able to get to Patrick. What about you?
3: I, I pretty much just kind of skipped around, watched a couple clips here and there on YouTube. I didn't devote watching to an entire episode because I've seen plenty of them recently and I just kind of wanted to refresh my mind to some of them that I've seen.
1: okay. Here are the three I watched beginning to end. Uh, Sophia Vergara, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Louis
0: CK. Okay, and I watched Justin Timberlake, the very last one of 2011, and Emma Stone, because Emma Stone.
4: <laughs> I,
2: and, uh, you know, I have to say, Justin Timberlake, I fucking love that dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's hilarious, I, he's good looking, he makes decent music, and he's funny. He's, he's a
1: good actor, funny. too, like in serious stuff.
3: Yeah. yeah. I used, I used to never like him at all. I mean... Because the whole him and Britney Spears dating and like the the whole denim outfit picture, you know, I mean, he just seemed like such a douche. But I mean, over the last 10 years, he's had such a I mean, such a great body of work. You can't deny that he's talented.
2: a renaissance period.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I like him a lot now. I mean, he, he he doesn't take himself too seriously, which is something that I really, really like. In a c- That's the reason I like him.
2: Do you celebrate yeah. his entire catalog?
3: Well, who doesn't?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and Dick in the Box, Dick in a Box is... Hands down, one of the funniest. I, bits my
3: personal, my personal favorite skit. My personal favorite skit that he was involved in was the uh, the Beyonce, Paul Rudd one, where they were doing the the parody of the single ladies video.
0: Sure. That was a riot. I mean,
3: I, I I don't care how many times I watched that, I cried. The
0: three of them in those white leotards was, yeah.
3: was we're like, hilarious. We're like a, are you warm? We're like biscuits. <laughs> Dance biscuits. It's just okay, so I've got a damn funny.
2: I got a question. In, in the, the nineties, Adam Sandler was their go-to guy for music and he was kind of their, their anchor, in my opinion, in, in a lot of ways. And then Andy Sandberg came along and I, I've heard it said and I even thought it for a while that Andy Sandberg was the replacement for Adam Sandler. Sure. And that <clears throat> that was his role. But I honestly think he's as good on the show as Adam Sandler was. And I actually find his music a lot more funny, like his, uh, his bit with Natalie Portman. Holy crap.
1: Oh, uh, that was, I think, the first Lonely Island thing I ever saw. And uh, since then, I've devoured everything that uh, Sandberg's ever recorded with them.
2: Uh, that but, that but, song I have on my iPod, and I can listen to it anytime, anywhere. And I, I, I fucking I laugh so hard at that song.
3: The first Lonely Island that I that I got to see was the uh, Michael Bolton one, and that was just hysterical. <laughs>
2: <The>
0: <laughs> that, that was me too. Yeah. yeah, I
3: mean it just it's just so it was so brilliant. I I I've watched everything again, like you said, Josh just devoured it all.
0: Well, I mean, partially the fact that that was so brilliant, and partially the fact that they got Michael Bolton to come yeah, in and dress right. up as Ellen Brockovich or Aaron Brockovich to do it, and uh, Lonely Island and the whole Andy Sandberg thing. I mean, he is a, he is just uh. A yeah, okay. riot. They, they, they do some really, Perfect. really fun stuff.
2: Mark Wahlberg talks to animals.
0: Oh,
4: I love that. How's <laughs> oh, your mother for me? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, the guy has talent, and I it, it used to kind of, I used to be part of that camp that was like, he's just replacement Adam Sandler. But in reality, is he's very, very talented guy. Yeah, Hot, he is. Hot Rod is a hilarious movie, incidentally.
3: I haven't seen it. Have you? Have it's, you guys seen the uh, the Brooklyn Nine Nine show yet? That he
2: I with? have. It's decent.
3: I have, I've, I've got it recorded but i haven't watched
0: it you should watch okay, well, hot rod though let's jump onto the saturday Night Live movies after we finish up with the 90s okay sorry
2: right.
0: or the uh the, the 20s you
2: know who
1: else
0: what are we in we're, we're in the 2010s <laughs> current you know, decade okay
1: you know who else uh really surprised me at how funny he was keenan
0: thompson
3: oh yeah Yeah, he
0: is there's a sketch where they do uh, what's that morning chick show the view the the view where he plays whoopi goldberg and it is—I mean, he—he he is a just hilarious on that one. He, <laughs> he's got the whole Whoopi Goldberg thing down. He doesn't say much, but when he does say something, it is ridiculously funny.
3: Yeah, he, so he's very—he's very, he's very good at, at at being very subtle and quick, and and he's great at just those blank stares, right? Which when, when something horrible is going on, and he just like looks like
1: uh, I mean, just the cut to the <laughs> reaction. Yeah, there was there's yeah. a bit in a bar with Louis C.K and uh, one of the play- featured players, where their whole thing is they're the last two in the bar, and they're totally incompatible, but they're both drunk, and they're the last two in the bar. So they're going to have sex, and they're trying to make it work.
3: I love that skit. I know the one you're talking about. Please yeah. tell
0: me one of them is in drag. No, no, it's one of the female
3: uh, cast members. Oh, okay. But, yeah, okay. It's, it's Louis C.K. and, um, uh, not Anna Gaston, uh Kristen Wiig? I think it was Kristen Wiig. I'm pretty sure it was. And when they go
1: in for the kiss and overplay it to the point where they're licking each other's faces, and they just cut to the horrified look on Keenan's face, I just <laughs> lost it for a good five minutes just
3: because of his expression.
2: That sounds yeah, and, like Kristen Wiig.
3: And, Wig. and I, I, have, I saw an interview with Louis C.K. where he was talking about. It. He's like, the censors were really worried we were going to take it too far, and he's like, and I made sure that we did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go through the cast uh, that I found on that, which was Fred Armisen, Bill Hader, uh, Seth Myers, Andy Sandberg, Jason Sudakis, who's coming into his own now, too, Keenan Thompson, oh, okay. and Kristen Wiig were the featured people that they
3: that yeah, that, that's, that's a great cast. That really is. Let's not
1: forget He'll... Bobby Moynihan. No. Because in that, oh, era, yeah. Bobby Moynihan is a, maybe he was just a featured player at the beginning, but the uh, guy is hilarious. He really is. I don't know. Yep.
2: I he, don't know he, who that is
3: he's like the token fat guy yeah he, oh, he's the new yeah. Horatio Sans you know, yeah but but better I mean so much better than Horatio Sands
2: well <laughs> Horatio Sansa was funny because he him and Jimmy Fallon couldn't keep a straight face
3: and and that annoyed me I, I hated that I've never I liked, that was funny I've, I've only in the last like year started actually liking Jimmy
0: Fallon I hated him see I think the only times where you had a character you had somebody that would make everybody else break character the only time I found that funny is when it was Chris Farley because mm-hmm. yeah. there were times when will
3: where Chris ferrell's
0: rally, good at ferrell too. too yeah
3: like that but, scene like when, when will ferrell, ferrell is was... wearing is wearing the thong the america thong and that little baby tee at the at the office meeting have you seen that one and everybody just starts losing it <laughs> it, it was right after 9 11 and he's like talking about how he's like you said we could dress as patriotic as we wanted and he's like wear this american flag thong and it's just oh it's God. just so funny look it up i swear you're, you're gonna die
0: oh i don't want to do that well <laughs>
1: Oh, you're <laughs> gonna eventually. May as well do the watching SNL.
2: It's like the <laughs> yeah, ring yeah. video. You watch it and seven days later you die.
3: <laughs> Aww, you uh. beat the death by an American song. Uh,
1: Bill Hader's character work is another thing. Like, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with his, uh, Stefan character.
3: Yeah, the gay guy.
1: Yeah, well, and that's, yeah, he's like the club expert. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so kind
0: of like Roxbury?
1: No, he's kind of over-the-top emo hipster and uh seth green will ask about like the best night spots for families and he'll talk about these avant-garde clubs where you can find a dwarf spanking a man with a broken glass bottle <laughs> okay and he'll I start mean, cracking up and like he'll start smelling his hands what? oh my goodness
3: yeah it's, it, it gets really funny when he's when he's about to lose it and he's trying to pull himself back in i mean
0: See the, it's, the, like, um, it's like
3: a more well-rounded, more well-rounded deeper from Sprockets, basically. Yeah.
0: Okay. There was the one that I saw where Bill Hader was actually playing the 90-year-old out uh, reporter for the TV for a TV station, and he was out in, interviewing Justin Timberlake after a uh, something happened at a high school, and he had the he looked like Harry Carey. He had the big glasses on, and he keeps his thing was like he keep coming out and hitting him in the face with a microphone, and he. Oh God! What's the name of the the guy who does on who's on Portlandia? Uh,
1: that's Ted Armisen. Fred Armisen. Ted Armisen.
0: Fred, Fred, Armisen. Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen comes over and he plays, uh, uh, the principal. Somebody Chow. Well, he hears Chow and he starts attacking him. Starts smacking him around with the microphone. How do you like that for the war and beating up on him? And again, it was one of those. I found I laughed I laughed a lot more in the more current ones than I did in the 1980s ones. And again, I think it goes with the context because the beginning of that episode, which which one had the, uh, oh no, it was the Emma Stone one that had the disturbing teenage trends. Was they had a now Joel, you have kids, I yes. have kids, Pat may have kids, <laughs> um, as far as he knows, uh, the 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 disturbing teenage trends was their kids are souping. they're going, they're eating. Uh, expired canned soup and getting high <laughs> <tie> off <laughs> and then it was like then they have bill arneson's out here playing the reporter and he's like hmm now well, here we have a high schooler here are you souping and she's it's emma stone and emma stone's like that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard in my life nobody could get Stone doing that but they are doing it yes they are and then they go from souping to trampolining where <laughs> a guy sits on the roof and gets oral sex from a girl who's bouncing on a trampoline next to the house. And then they wake up a mom in the middle of the night and tell her all this is happening, and she's freaking out because of it, and I'm trying to remember what the last thing was. But it's like the topical, I mean, now that they have so many of the, oh my god, the kids are doing this now, news things, I found myself laughing a lot more at these things, and Brett Favre in the open fly Wrangler jeans.
1: Open fly?
0: Yeah, they had. <laughs> that was the. He's got you know Brett Favre for you know they had button fly, they had zipper fly, and then they had button fly. Now they have open fly jeans. It's the only jeans for me, you know. And so Brett Favre's doing that.
1: Kind of reminds but, me of their bit about the shirt, the Nada shirt. It's basically <laughs> just the the top, uh, like a collar with the shoulders, and the rest of
3: it's <laughs> cut off. <laughs> yeah, I remember that bit. Yeah.
2: Well, you know on the on the. Amy Polar one, which like I said, I'm not a fan. Maya Rudolph was on there as well. Um, they had a lot of the old people come back for that episode. There's, it's the bit. Yeah, everybody's seen it now in a gift format, but it's the one where they do, um, they're like two New York chicks. It's kind of like coffee talk, but they're younger. And, and uh, yeah. I actually found myself laughing. And then I realized that Katy Perry was the guest that night and she came out with the Elmo shirt on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Everybody's seen that. I actually, uh, I actually yeah, I, I, laughed out loud at that, and I, did, I was like, I don't care for these two women. I like Katy Perry to some extent. She's very pretty, um, but yet it was still funny. So you know, I have to give him credit for that, I guess.
3: Um, I remember watching a Christina Applegate one that she did this last year, and they did a whole thing about um, people complaining about the iPhone fives, and they brought on uh, three people. It was uh, um, three of the three of the featured player, not features, but three of the castles as actual Chinese workers that worked in the factory that built the iPod, <laughs> they built the iPhones and everything. And so like, um, Keenan Thompson and, um, all, all these guys are, are, are playing these guys that are trying to, uh, try to defend themselves as they're complaining about, um, you know, we asked for a light phone, but this is too much. He's like, oh, and Fred Armisen, you know, as one of the Chinese workers, starts going off, oh, it's too light to for your hands. I'm sorry, but they, <laughs> and and it's just so funny. They keep going on about how like, you know, oh, we live in the factory, but we sorry you don't like the phone. You know, it's just really, really funny. It, you know, it, and just the look on on Kenan Thompson's face is when they first pull out the Chinese people. He's just like. Uh, can I take back my complaints? Like no.
2: <laughs> so, question: Is that bit gonna be funny twenty years from now?
3: No, probably not. No, you know, I'm. I
1: think it might hold up. Not, not because I don't think the the relevance is the specific technological product. Everyone will get that there was a piece of technology that was made by uh,
3: immigrant workers. Or
1: yeah, whatever. by people who were mm-hmm. put upon and oppressed. Foreign workers and uh, like a statement about how we were privileged at the time. I, I think that's going to hold up later. I, I don't yeah, think you need, know,
3: you're, Yeah, yeah the, the, the 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 image of the privileged American, you know, you know, not understanding what life is like in the rest of the world—that will stand for a while. Well, so. I agree with you on that, actually.
2: Like people complaining about Facebook, even though it's free.
3: Right. Right.
2: Facebook sucks. Well, then don't be on it. You're not paying for it. <laughs> All right. What do you think, Mike? I haven't heard from you.
0: What do I think about about things holding up? I, I think I think the the only set I'm thinking that the only part that's not holding up because it doesn't seem like they're doing a lot of topical sketch comedy anymore. It seems like they left all the topical stuff just for a weekend report. Verse, you know what I mean?
3: Right. Yeah. Where it's like they've
0: got you know you're not going to find a sketch about you know a, any sort of scandal. Going on in there, but you are going to find them talking about the topical stuff. They moved, it seems like they moved it's, all it, that. It, it, to... it seems
3: like, like recently, or like, um, in the most, in the, in the last decade or so, like, they stay away from current topics unless it's pretty much political season, it seems. To me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because even in Weekend mm-hmm. Update, yeah, sure, the main Seth Meyer bits will be political, but whenever they cut to character work, it's never. Or almost never something that is pop culture or politics related. I mean, we've already talked about Bill Hader, Stefan, but I, I saw Drunk Uncle was one of the guys they cut to. I mean, that, that kind of stuff is timeless. Right. That, that was a Bobby Moynihan bit, just like everybody's Drunk Uncle, and he's sipping on scotch and complaining about immigrants.
0: Sure. <laughs> <clears throat> yep, I hope that's I'm what i do. Drunk Uncle.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to be the
0: crazy Going around guy. shooting up the jobs. You're gonna be crazy snake guy. Crazy smoking snake all, guy.
3: smoking all our jobs.
0: <laughs> smoking that drive around lowriders, shooting the jobs and eating the welfare.
3: <laughs> um, but
0: yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think there is gonna be a bunch of a bunch of sketches that twenty years from now are gonna be like, oh man, I totally remember that sort of thing. But I do think there's gonna be a small chunk of them that are not, like I said, too topical that you're gonna have to do a Google search to find out what happened that week in order to be able to know if know if you laughed at it.
2: Well. Case in point, the first bit on the Brian Cranston episode, um, before they had his monologue, was they had the uh, Rom, Ron, he was leaving office, and another guy was taking over for him. And Fred Armisen was playing Obama, and he was introducing him, and he was saying a speech, of, and apparently he was a really rough guy in office, and swore a lot, and made a lot of enemies, and, and he's passing it off to the new guy, who I guess is played by uh oh he what's his name the new the fat guy
1: oh uh Moynihan
2: yeah i, I think that's who was playing the other character and he's you know acting like a scared prison bitch and you know it, it was entertaining when i found out who they were and i did a little reading real quick just to get a point of reference but overall it was like okay well i wasn't i wasn't paying attention to the news that day apparently when that happened so you know you're gonna have that i think any
0: season
1: I would think that the Lonely Island stuff will probably hold up almost eternally.
0: Oh yeah, because having sex with your friend's mother is always going to be funny.
1: Sure. Or, uh, getting into a relationship with a uh, large black man with a red wig who thinks he's Reba McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that one. That that is a, his uh, duet with uh, Andy Samberg and Keenan Thompson. If you haven't I'm have seen to look that, that one, one up. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, it's so good. I'm gonna look that one up. Yeah, well, Andy look at, thinks he's uh, thinks he's dating Reba.
2: Look at the <laughs> lunch lady song, or or you know the Thanksgiving song, or any of the other sequels to that. I mean, music tends to hold up. True. If it's if it's good.
1: Sure. Put it that way. Well, I mean, And they're you, careful to not like tie it necessarily to the the hot movie that's out or the thing that's in
0: the news right I yeah mean, even they didn't he... have a lot of music a lot of funny music back in the uh, 80s ones either gang did they
2: funky well that was <laughs> 70s that was 70s you're right yeah uh party all the time guy, oh wait the
3: guy with well they didn't you know, they didn't have <laughs> they didn't have anybody that, talented
0: so they know i they don't didn't. think I mean, that was meant to be funny
2: <laughs> no it wasn't but i actually like that song eddie murphy party all the time pat come on
0: oh yeah i'll rip it for that
3: that one and uh put your mouth on me yeah where his two big hits Pop.
0: what about Bo- boogie in the butt <laughs> no, that
3: wasn't <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't Eddie
0: Murphy. <laughs> gonna put his elevator in your butt. <laughs> that was it. That was Eddie Murphy. Uh, was it? No. Yeah.
1: What, what? Was he in the it? butt? Oh, no. They're talking
0: about what, what?
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: No, what, 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 what is what that? In that's your South part. We're talking
2: what,
3: about well, no, gonna put an elevator in your butt. That.
2: You don't know that
1: uh, song?
3: Anyway, we have derailed.
1: Uh Eddie Murphy has returned to music, by the way. I don't know if you guys have seen this. That Eddie really? Murphy like, is actually recording a new track with Snoop Lion.
3: That's funny. Really, I had not heard that actually. Although he really, honestly, does not have that bad of a voice because um, in Dreamgirls, he was phenomenal.
0: I haven't seen. I haven't it. seen
3: Dreamgirls. I highly recommend it. Very good movie. Good stuff.
2: Amy yeah. liked it, I think.
3: Yeah, I'm just telling you. I mean, he he's he can sing. Yeah, well, his, uh, the guy's
2: not a
1: bad actor. His uh, new cut is, I guess, a, a reggae throwback reggae single. Called Red Light, which I have not yet uh, listened to. But it would have to
3: be reggae if he's doing it with Snoop Lion. That's what he's doing now. Yeah. The
2: song's about stopping at a red light and picking up a transvestite.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I see what you
1: Has uh, Snoop done SNL? Did did I I, see hmm. him as a guest host? Because if he is not, I I would love to see that.
2: Like as a host. I I would
1: like to see that. Yeah, as a host.
2: Um. Yeah. It says here Snoop Dogg and Avril Lavigne. So I'm guessing uh, she was the ah,
0: guest. Ah, sorry. I looked up Snoop Lion and Eddie Murphy and started singing to me.
2: Oh, season <laughs> twenty nine, season twenty nine, episode nineteen. It aired in uh, May of two thousand four.
1: You know, I think I'm gonna have to watch that after we're done recording because uh, I think I, I, I'm I, right there with you. Because I always check out Snoop's uh, when he does Ask Me anything and he does them totally blazed on Reddit. He ends up asking oh. himself questions and then like an hour later answering them.
0: Oh his his AMAs yeah. on Reddit are fantastic. And he goes all day long too. That's the thing. Yeah. So yes.
2: So, there you go. In
0: the, in the teens, any sketches that made you laugh out loud?
2: I think Josh has already proven that point.
0: Yeah, plenty. For of, him I mean it. honestly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, but anything that stands out to you? Um,
1: there was a bit on the Jennifer Lawrence episode, which was a showcase for her, set in a diner very much like Chicago's Ed DeBevicks, where, uh, the, everyone's like fifties and they're supposed to insult you in a playful way. And the first couple, like the mater D and one of the hosts come back and the couple's laughing. And then Jennifer Lawrence comes up and she starts insulting them like directly, like you're gonna die. On your toilet <laughs> in the bathroom, the guy's like, like, like Elvis. Yes. Only no one will miss you. <laughs> <laughs> <But yeah. laughs> and when they go to complain to the manager, they're like, "Well, yeah, but she's our fa- everyone's favorite waitress." And they cut to her with another couple, and everyone's laughing and jokes. And then she turns to look back at them, and she's got a knife.
0: <laughs> now I wrote something down here, and it's, it's W U Seth Myers, and I don't know what that means.
2: W U. Yeah. Tang? Right up.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. What's seth,
3: seth What's Myers up part Seth Myers? What's Tang? We can Well, obviously weekend update Seth
0: Myers. Oh, yes, weekend update Seth Myers. Uh, there you
2: go. Oh, that makes more sense yes. Wu Tang, Seth
0: Myers. Yeah. I w- though I would watch or, or, that too. Or what's up Seth Myers? Yeah, Joel
1: asked before the break uh who my favorite was after um I'm just blanking here, after uh, uh, Dennis Miller. And uh, Seth Meyers is my number one favorite host for a weekend. Really? Oh, yeah.
2: So I like Colin Colin Quinn. He's not my favorite, but... Oh, no. I like Colin Quinn. Quinn?
0: Really?
3: Uh, I like Norm Macdonald.
0: He was my favorite. Norm Macdonald is... Great, because he can pull the dry humor off like nobody
3: exactly.
2: else. See, I'm a, De- I'm a Dennis Miller fan. Always
0: have been, always will
3: be. Dennis Miller's my second favorite, but I go with Norm MacDonald first.
0: I felt yeah. bad for Dennis Miller in the beginning of the 80s. Like the mid-80s ones were before Lauren came back and helped tell people what was funny.
2: Right. Everybody felt bad for him because there wasn't manscaping back then. Oh,
1: his hair was huge. Was
0: not, no. Yeah. One of oh, my the, God. One
1: of the episodes I watched had him and then Dana Carvey doing an impression of him. As point oh. and counterpoint, like disagreeing <laughs> with each other, is very very
2: funny.
0: I could see that. It sounds you know, familiar. I it's think kind I've of depressing because I thought Dana Carvey was actually pretty dang funny. He's
2: very funny. If he can make the Man of a Thousand Faces funny, or is that what it's called, the Man of a Thousand Master of
3: Disguise? Master, Master of Disguise.
2: disguise. I because I like that movie.
3: General, I, I, I went and saw that with with my niece, and it was I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. In general, I think that the less
1: creative control that the uh, different uh, SNL players have over their respective movies, unless they're named Tina Fey, uh, the better. Because like the early Mike Myers films were fine, but once he got to be too big uh, and start directing himself, they just got a little out of hand. In my, opinion. they turned into The Cat in the Hat.
2: Right. The Love Guru happened.
3: I've, I've seen The Cat in the Hat. I haven't seen Love Guru.
2: So I, I we see. own The Cat in the Hat because my kids like it.
3: Oh, that movie's awful.
2: No, that's uh, so Tina Fey.
1: Tina Fey is ob- the obvious exception there because she Faye can just did... write and perform, just make comedy for the rest of her life, and I'll just keep watching it. Yeah, yeah. Tina Fey
3: can do no wrong. I mean, I'll, I'll see anything she's in.
2: Huh, I guess I'm alone in that camp, too. And her and
3: book, Josh? I have not read her book. It was very, very funny. I mean, laugh-out-loud moments while I'm reading it, so, yeah. I'll I
2: I was... Sarah Silverman.
3: I, I love I... Sarah Silverman. Uh... Sarah <laughs> yeah, Silverman. Mike is not a fan.
0: I'm not a fan of Silver, Silver... Sarah Silverman either.
2: Mike's like, I'll take <laughs> Tim Curry and
0: drag. Well, who won't? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently nobody. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Is that it? I think that may be it. Yeah. I mean, you guys I... got anything?
3: No, I, I just... Would like to say that, um, I think pretty much with, without, with the exception of like the 80s, really, I mean, every group of people that have worked with Saturday Night Live have had successes and stinkers. And it's just, I think everybody likes to look back and say, you know, and just you forget about the bad sketches and all you think about is the good ones. I mean, even the beginning, you know, the not ready for primetime players had some sketches that just didn't, didn't get off the ground and didn't, and just sucked and people were just like, meh. So I think everybody's a little Dang. too hard on every other generation. Everybody just loves their own generation. That's well, just my take.
1: And in some ways, the uh, '90s were our generation. And for uh, people that thought that forty going uh, forty going on fourteen would be old guys talking about, Meh, the old one was better. I mean, this is definitely a break in that where we see that some of the stuff that was our generation didn't
0: hold up as well as the new
1: ones. Correct.
0: Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that's a part of the reason I started this, isn't it? because I'd like to make sure that, you know, we trumpet how wonderful our past was. I mean, there were definitely some definitely some crap out there that we watched and listened to and that sort of thing. So and and I own half of it. Yes, you do. (laughs) Well,
2: I think we've we've proven, though, that that out of every I mean, the show has has remained on the air for as long as it has for a reason. And despite what everybody thinks about the past and, the you know, their past generation, that was crap or whatever. When you look at the overall body as a whole, there are definitely you know a year or two that here and there which are kind of crappy, but overall everything there ha- there's good stuff and there's more good than there is bad. Otherwise, it still wouldn't be here. I, so. yeah, I,
0: well, and part of the fact is that they have a, have a continually recycling cast. You know, it's not like you're going to have they have a group of people that are going to be doing the same thing over and over again. You don't have the entire group that has to, you know eventually wears out on it. I mean, how many shows that we've watched have had the same the same cast and have jumped the shark? I mean, Saturday Night Live, in a way, can't jump jump the shark because they've continually got the same uh, a, ro- a rotation of people coming in and
1: out. Well, and you definitely have those transitional years. Uh, and I think once you start to get into the Seth Meyers era that we're talking about now, it's the transition from the Amy Poehler, uh, Tina Fey,
3: SNL,
2: yes, and they handed
1: and the I, baton and I over.
3: The, I I enjoyed Tina Fey's years be, because, as I said earlier, I'm a big Tina Fey fan, so you know, I didn't have a problem with 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 that. And I think I think the transition to Seth Meyers is is gone pretty well.
2: Well, I think they held they held his hand though through it and kind of kind of participated still and made it a more smooth transition rather than just a hard. This is ending and this is starting.
3: You know? Yeah, I think, well, Lauren's been through it enough. I think that he understands how to do it by now. <laughs>
1: yeah, I would hope
3: so. <laughs> yeah. He didn't fall back on his, all right, well, we're going to
1: bring back Tim Meadows and fire the rest of the cast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the second great purge. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Tim happened, Meadows man? just
3: standing around going, where'd everybody go?
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm the latest man. <laughs> uh, Tim, that was out like two decades ago.
0: Ah. So just toss them out there. Best Saturday Night Live movie.
3: Oh. uh Wayne's World. The first one? That's, yeah. Yeah, that's my first instinct. Oh, I yeah. thought you were going to say it's Pat. No. No. no, you know, it's i got to go with Blues Brothers. i got to go with Blues Brothers.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to say it's Pat.
3: <laughs> yeah, oh, jeez. Oh. Yeah, no, i got to go with Blues Brothers. I will amend my answer.
0: I had forgotten about that. Saying
3: Blues Brothers is almost cheating. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> well, if I can't say Rock. Blues Brothers, I'll go with Wayne's World One.
2: Well, here, let's just say this. Let's just say Blues Brothers is off the table, because I think that that goes down as everybody... Everybody can agree, Blues Brothers is a great movie.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it was directed by uh, John Landis, so it's not really, you know, in the set of like real house. Yeah, we, have yeah
2: we, we can't include that in there. I've got a list here. Okay, I'm going to read off the list, and then when we're done, you guys can pick your favorite, because you may not remember all these. Blues Brothers uh-huh. 2000, the original Blues <laughs> Brothers. Ugh. Uh-huh. Um, Coneheads. It's oh. Pat, the ladies' man, <laughs> McGruber, uh, uh, Night at the Roxbury. Stewart saves his family. Superstar, and then Wayne's World one and two. That's the ones that are specifically from that. There's some other ones listed here that I don't count, like Bob Roberts. But anyway, there you go. Well, I so.
3: say, yeah, it almost has to be Wayne's World at that point.
1: At yeah, that point. from that list,
2: it's what was if ladies' man?
1: Blues Brothers. What that was the Tim Meadows vehicle?
2: Oh. Where he was the late night talk show host and he was always talking about Cavassier and how he, you know, could get the ladies, but he really couldn't.
0: I don't you know. recall that.
2: Really? I, I actually recall. saw that
0: one. Yeah, I saw yeah, that yeah. one too. It was alright. 2000, it, I'm looking it up right now. And It,
2: it wasn't as terrible oh. as it's Pat. And Night yeah. at the Roxbury actually is pretty damn funny too, speaking of.
0: It has Roxbury's, yeah. Roxbury is funny. They, I think, they, I mean, it's not laugh out loud funny all the time. Yeah, I wouldn't it say it's funny, but it has its moments.
2: It's one of those movies yeah. that if you watch it with Pat, you would appreciate it.
0: See, And I Pat, wondered if
1: uh, on that list you were going to include uh, projects that had a lot of SNL alums that weren't directly based on an SNL character. Because you could even go as far as to include Mean Girls in that.
2: Well, we're talking, though, movies that are based off of SNL gotcha. property.
3: Yeah, because I was going to say, then you could just say Anchorman, you know. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I think we definitely want to, if, if, if you want to ask that question, you got to kind of define it to
2: just
1: saturday night
3: live movies Green, just saturday night live, Green
2: saturday,
0: movies. live <laughs> no, saturday
2: night live movies that are based off of characters from the movies or from the tv show so if
0: and, anything you have to give them credit to be able to pull out a up to 90 minute movie out of a three minute sketch
2: yeah true
1: i think i did I'd that watch,
0: a lot i think i'd watch 90 minutes of the ambiguously gay duo
2: well but that's <laughs> Robert michael he's a genius <laughs> yeah he is a, seriously. A well, has,
3: well would... Robert Smigel is one of those guys for me that I either love or hate what he does. It's, it, it's almost no in between. I'm either I'm either just ecstatic and laughing hysterically, or I'm just like this is just not funny.
0: I would like to see the writers from Archer do an ambiguously gay duo movie. Oh god, that would be great.
2: I think I'm going to go I think with that would... Wayne's World also. Although I like Superstar a lot, and I know I'm I haven't seen minority. Superstar. Uh, Will Ferrell is Jesus. That's all you need to know.
0: <laughs> I saw it. I didn't care for it. <laughs>
3: I've never seen it. I know.
0: I know it involves sniffing fingers. Yes.
3: I've. I've. Oh, okay. Never, I've never been a big fan of Molly Shannon. I just. I don't think she's that funny. I want to touch her heinie.
2: <laughs> are you talking
0: <laughs> to me, or are we still talking about movies?
2: We're talking about Molly Shannon.
0: Oh, okay. I'm just checking, seeing if I have to call I you like, later on. I like
2: <laughs> Shannon. I like her.
0: Yeah, I'm with Pat. Pat. I've never been a fan.
2: Okay, <laughs> so Wayne. World, Wayne's World, Josh.
3: Wayne's World,
0: Mike. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with Wayne's World. Two two whips.
3: alright. Such <laughs> yeah. so the Blues Brothers away from me.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we ha- you can't really count Wayne. I mean, Blues Brothers because it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, like- it's it stands out because you expect these to be.
3: It's like it's like, it's like saying bad. like you know who, who was the best player on the '90s Bulls team? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of course.
2: Oh, Dennis good. Rodman. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what's funny though, uh, Blues Brothers. Speaking of Blues Brothers, I, when we were in college, and Mike, you were like, "We need to watch Blues Brothers." I'm like, "I'm," I'd never seen it before. And so all of us, I don't remember if you, how many of us, uh, the four of us were there, but there was a bunch of people there. and We all went. I think it was in, in um, Shane's room, and we watched Blues Brothers. And I was just completely in awe because all the movies I'd seen up to that point were, you know, like Wayne's World and, and the ones that were kind of Questionable, it, or not yeah. questionable, but the, you know, you knew what to expect. Blues you mean porn, well, <laughs> yeah. But I, I was expecting it to be a, a, an hour and a half Saturday Night Live skit. By the end of that movie, when they're just all out the cars are being destroyed left and right, and there's you know all this crazy crap happening. And there's music numbers and everything. i was just like, this is unreal. This is not the Saturday Night Live movies that they make now. And I still to this day I own it on Blu-ray. I love it. I love that movie, and I it's all because of Mike.
0: Well, I think it was a perfect storm. I mean that's because you had the right director, you had the right actors, you had the right everything in that one movie, and they tried to do it again with Blues Brothers two thousand, and that was a hunking, steaming turd.
3: I, I don't acknowledge that that exists.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> See, like, there you go. It's
2: Frank Oz. Uh, did was he writer on that, or he? What was his role in in the original Blues Brothers? I know he was in the movie, but Frank I Frank Oz. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he uh, he he was a, a producer and a, and a writer on it. Yeah.
2: Okay. Cuz I knew he was involved and I know he was in it as the, you know, was the guy that was giving him his stuff that he was leaving the jail, but
3: uh, yeah, they they, no, said was, they 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 didn't really, I mean, he didn't really write a whole lot, but they gave him writing credit because uh it was just kind of a friend kind of thing cuz what I what I read somewhere. It I don't says not know how here, true that is, but
2: yeah. Acroyd and Landis wrote it, so
0: Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Landis was, if i remember remembering correct, Landis was the guy who was asking if they had the uh, Miss Piggy because <laughs> of Frank Oz. <laughs> yeah. There was the, you know, when, when they're driving through the mall right before they go into the Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: You stand in there at the cash register talking to the lady. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: It's just a yep. brilliant piece of cinema.
3: Yeah. It's it's a great movie. I mean, it's just. And it's very uh, iconic. I mean. And you it's you so just, quotable.
2: Yes. Yes. Oh, completely. Like I said, The Perfect Storm. I think that's a great way to describe it. Plus, you have Carrie Fisher at 19 blowing shit up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the speaking of Carrie Fisher.
1: Oh, I was going to say, speaking of The Perfect Storm, not a very good
2: movie. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of Carrie Fisher, what's happening next week?
1: Oh, oh, we, <laughs> though we can tie Carrie Fisher back to uh, SNL, if you like, because Jul, Julia Louis-Dreyfus did play a prostitute who was dressed up as Carrie Fisher in the... uh uh, Princess Leia sla- uh, slave bikini. Wow. <laughs> yeah, righty- Julia Louis Dreyfus oh. in the early 80s. Troll. <laughs> That's
2: but all I got to say.
0: Yeah. All right. So, well, there you go. I guess the consensus is 80s Saturday Night Live hit or miss. Early. Very, 80s. very bad. <laughs> very bad. Early 80s, very bad. Late 80s, not as bad. Getting better. Um, Getting better. I think current Saturday Night Live, surprisingly, so, thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. Entertaining, much better writing, much better music. And
1: I'm not the sort of person that, uh, watches SNL weekly, but, uh, seeing the quality of the new shows that I watched, that that could change.
3: I, I, I like so. to go on YouTube and just kind of look around and see what, you know, what's getting the best buzz. On, I don't want to watch the whole show, but I do like to see what skits are getting the best buzz. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think we can all agree that Blues Brothers, Saturday Night Live film or not, hands down, amazing film.
3: Absolutely. Yes. Yes.
0: Definitely.
2: So anyway, right. back to Carrie Fisher.
1: Right. Next week, what what are we going to be talking about, guys? We, we are talking about... Oh, sorry.
0: What? Oh. Should
1: Carrie Fisher
0: Yay! <laughs> okay, there we go. And Star Wars merchandise. Star <laughs> Wars, nothing but Star but Wars. Star
2: Wars. <laughs> if they should bar
4: wars, please let it <laughs> stay.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to be so talking we... about the merch. The toys, the board games, if you
0: like. The uh, cards, the collector cards, action. Are we are we going to do toys? Sure, yeah,
3: absolutely. Action figures, action figures, yeah. Spaceships,
0: video
1: games. If you're feeling saucy.
2: Ooh, nice. oh, sh- oh! You just hit a sweet spot sh- right there. Sh-
1: oh yeah, Star Wars video games from oh, uh, SNES yeah, yeah. to uh, Lego Star Wars. I'm already looking forward to next week's show. Oh, I, I like. T- it. Sorry, it how, about, how about the arcade game? Scorpion? Uh, the arcade
3: oh, yeah. Star Wars game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Atari.
3: Empire okay. Strikes Back. So
0: next week we are going over Star Wars merchandise, Star Wars stuff. Also, I'd like to let you guys know if you want to contact us, you can get us at 40Go14 at gmail.com We're on Twitter at 40Go14 and we're also on Facebook. Josh, what do you got going on this week with your stuff?
1: I am uh, back in action st- streaming live more than ever. I've sorted out my computer overheating issues, and I'm running Dark Souls, running Crusader Kings 2, Rogue Legacy. Hopefully you and I can finally get to that uh, uh, Saints Row thing, co-op, that we've wanted to do.
3: It's amazing Definitely. what like, a hamster out of your computer will do.
1: Yeah, yeah. apparently <laughs> uh, heat sinks are not supposed to be furry.
2: Who knew? Wait, what? Huh. It's not? <laughs> right. Yeah. Damn triples. So, Joel? Yes, sir. Well, with my new job, I unfortunately was not able to get a blog post up this week like I had hoped. But I have one in the in the hopper that is almost done. Uh, so you should be seeing that on the 40go14.com website, hopefully by this weekend. Um, also, my other two shows, The Undercover Unitards, you can find as well as The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour uh, through iTunes, Shoe, Stitcher, and other fine podcasting directories if you'd like to hear more of me. Um, so, yeah, check those out. That's it
0: all right that, ah! <laughs> i'm not sure what happened but i think oh, I was have that froze. my introduction <laughs> no that was that was a f- there's a frog in the window well down here and it was climbing up the screen and it scared the
3: shit out of me
1: so speaking of scary frogs what do you got going on Pat?
3: <laughs> yeah exactly that's my intro <laughs> uh, i just have my my stand-up coming up uh two weeks from yesterday um Anybody happen to be listening in the Houston area? You can buy tickets through me. That will be October 16th at 7:30 at the Improv.
0: Fantastic. You say you say just just your uh, stand up routine that you got going on. Yep. He's not doing. So we've system. heard we've heard some of his stuff, and it's offensive. So <laughs> uh,
2: yes, <laughs> when he sent me the material to kind of proofread it, I think he sent it to all of us before he did his first bit. I honestly was a little bit ashamed to know you. <laughs> And I mean that in more
3: the, than the standard. Yeah, it, it it got worse. This this one. Yeah, I got 10 uh, minutes instead of five. So I
2: mean that in the serious, like nicest way that because it takes a lot to offend me. Right. Um. So for you to do that, I and for you to do say some of the things you said in front of a crowd. Yeah, they must clank <laughs> when they walk. When no,
3: walking. no, oh, no they nothing to clank against. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well, there's only one. We know that. That's, that's, uh, I, I forgot about that. I should have.
0: Oh, well, folks, it. thank you for joining this week. And we all feel a little closer to you. So I'm Mike signing off. And Joel. And Pat. And Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get that down. So thanks a lot for listening. And we will hear you. We will hear you, hopefully, on... Uh, <laughs> on our email and stuff. What? You will
1: hear us. We will hear from you. You will hear us.
0: We will hear from (laughs) you. This frog is really freaking me out. Mike's a little
1: confused on the whole radio thing.
3: Mike is currently licking the frog. That's the
0: problem. Uh, All right. Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
3: Saturday Saturday